Blog Talk Radio. We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other. Hold up each other's arms and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army. So we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go bride! Our soon coming king awaits. This is a WATV disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are The Bride Ministry, We Are The Bride Radio, or We Are The Bride Television. Thank you. All right, Bride, all right, good evening. This is your host tonight, Dr. June Knight, coming to you from Washington, D.C., and our great nation's capital and listen tonight's broadcast is urgent this is urgent that we hear from this man of god listen bride i have hosted on this broadcast and on the television over 500 ministers over the last six years and listen if we have ever been to a place that we have got to hear from somebody, it is this man, because our nation needs repentance. His Now, Brad, listen, you know that all these ministries that I've highlighted, you have learned over the years, it's been six years now, you have learned that these are seeds that heaven has planted inside each human with a mission. It is a divine mission from God that Pastor Daly be the one who is the catapult of the National Day of Repentance. So listen, we need to hear from this mighty man of God. And we're going to learn tonight, what did God do to take this man in his life and bring him to the point that he has the cry of his heart uh, on for the nation to repent? Now, listen, Brad, I'm going to read to you his um, press release about his book that he just wrote so that you will understand this man's heart. Here we go. This is the press release about Pastor Daly's new book. National Day of Repentance takes on new urgency with book release. Rivers and River and Streams in the Desert is a loud cry for repentance to stop a nation's destruction. 
In his new book release, Pastor Jeffrey Daly blasts an urgent trumpet call urging all people everywhere to repentance. In this new 40-day devotional book, Rivers and Streams in the Desert, published by Westbow Press, the former lawyer, now a pastor and author, teaches about the ravages of the biblical four national sins. Number one, killing of innocence. Number two, sanctification of perversions. Number three, removal of the one true God Almighty from the public square. And number four, betrayal of Israel, ultimately which signifies betrayal of Jesus Christ. These key national sins are ancient yet still evident in modern times. For example, we continue to see the slaughter of innocents in so-called civilized nations today. Pastor Daly states, people are finally aghast at the historically ancient child sacrifices, which are again reoccurring openly in our nation as we celebrate infanticide, infanticide by lighting up the Empire State Building in celebratory lights. Pastor Daly makes a powerful connection between this culture of death and the recent mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton. We have taught an entire generation that life is disposable. Is it any wonder that now we are seeing an alarming increase of people acting out on this horrific premise? Add this toxic mindset to the removal of prayer and Bible teaching from our public schools, and we have created a horrific cultural stew for utter societal madness and chaos. A national day of repentance would cause God to begin to forgive these sins and heal our land. While the book is written from this American standpoint, it is clearly a clarion call to all of Western civilization that they have become increasingly unmoored from their Judeo-Christian foundations and are now dangerously on sinking sand. The book makes clear that unless the nation repents of these four national sins, it will continue down the path of sin destruction, which is outlined prophetically throughout the Bible for nations that desert God's moral order. More than just exposing national sins, this unique repentance devotional also gives the reader a powerful process day after day to remove sin in their own lives through daily repentance. Each chapter uses biblical examples of those who initially seemingly insignificant were chosen by God to carry the torch onward and play an important role in God's epic drama. The book, while based on biblical characters and stories, reminds people that they must individually engage in the culture of war or they will be swept away by it. Everything in the news today is prophetically connected to these four national sins. Even global warming is addressed in this new repentance devotional. Daly describes the book as extremely unique and states that there is no other book currently available on the market like it. With talks of peace treaties touted as, as the final solution to the world's conflict, this book reminds the church that we are commanded by our true commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ, to go and make disciples of all nations. This is the only true and lasting peace for the entire world. And once again, it is called River and Streams in the Desert by Pastor Jeffrey Daly. All right, Brad, you heard it for yourself, the heart of the man. Now listen, Pastor Daly, how you doing this evening? Good evening, sir. Well, good evening, Dr. June. That was just the most beautiful introduction. I'm so 
humbled and uh, gosh, I would love to be able to live up to all of that. But thank you so <laughs> much. Yeah, exactly. Providing an outlet. The word's got to get out and we all got to be teachers of repentance. This is not just about yes. any person or ministry. It's it's something we're all called to do by the Lord himself. So yes. I'm so excited. I'm delighted to be on this program. Delighted. Yes, now let me tell you, uh, you are in California, correct? Yes. Okay, uh, would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Are you always from California? Are you? Was you born in a big family, a small family, a Christian family? What is your story? Because we know it's all for God's glory. It is all for God's glory, and it includes his great sense of humor. Um, I was born, believe it or not, uh, in California to several generations of Californians, one of whom came out in the gold rush in 1849. And, uh, wow. so I deep, yeah, one of those rare persons because so many people came here from somewhere else. And, uh, so I got a very deep heart for California and it, boy, did yeah. they need your prayer. It is, it is a mess. It's a beautiful state geographically, but it's got more problems than uh, just about any other place on the planet. But in short, I I grew up in the suburbs of San Francisco, uh, a pretty much a secular family, although every now and then my mother would take me to church. uh, And every now and then uh, my grandmother, God bless her, would take me on the bus to when I was a little boy, about three years old, to her choir practice and I sat there and I believe the good Lord gave me a, a blessing to to learn the doxology and to listen to some of those songs and so the seeds were planted even though I was in a secular family and pretty much what I did is um, went into sports and academics I went on to a good university Stanford then I went on to a good law school in New York City Columbia Law School. I then went on to Wall Street, thinking that that was what life was about as a career. And quickly, I realized I was missing something huge. And of course, now I know it was the Lord Jesus Christ. At that moment, I didn't know what I was missing. And I had years of frustration, all kinds of, you know, banging myself against a wall until at age 50, I'm I'm just getting a late start here. This is God's sense of humor. At age 50, I had an epiphany and found the Lord coming out of the new age, coming out of humanism, and uh, thinking I was some hotshot lawyer. I, I, I needed some work by the Lord, and he, he just uh, turned my mind and my heart. I gave my heart to him. I repented. He forgave me for many sins, and... Little by little, he's restored me to the point where I can now really teach about repentance, having to have done so, so much in my life. And then also, in part, being a lawyer, I love the Word of God. I love how it's so organized, and it's real clear to me when I read scriptures like Second Chronicles 7.14, which many of us know about, and which says, if, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn 
from their wicked ways, then, then, T-H-E-N, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So being a lawyer, I look at that, one, two, three, we got to do, as his people, we got to do four things, you know, seek his face, pray, humble ourselves, and turn from our ways, which compared to his are always wicked. We fall short of his glory. We need his his wonderful Holy Spirit to, to change us. Well, then those four things that are in place, the Lord will do his part. He never, ever stops doing his work. So I, I've just been more and more called to this, and I'm so delighted to speak about it uh, and just welcome emails and, and uh, communication with your audience, and which you could find at um, repentday.com, or sometimes you, you can find it at re- dayofrepentance.org. Uh, so we, we are pushing for days of repentance, which is the Here's the here's the interesting thing, Dr. June. This, days of repentance were known by our founders, and the the historian David Barton counted 788 times. 788. Wow. Took place in the colonies, going all the way back to the Pilgrims, and with ten different presidents were involved. Uh, Lincoln had three of these days during the Civil War, and they were called days of humiliation, fasting, and prayer. But get this is the saddest thing. The last one we had in the United States, 101 years ago in 1918, helping to end World War One. So we need one today. Wow. And you're helping me dramatically by getting the word out. We gotta have we gotta have a National Day of Repentance. Then we God have will got come to. Yeah. Yeah, God'll do the work. We just gotta humble ourselves and change. And truly, you know, repentance repentance is more than just saying I'm sorry. Of course we can come do that on, ten times. Amen. Amen. Yes. It's more gotta you gotta really get real with yourself and go, you know, I I got to stop taking the Lord's name in vain or I gotta stop getting angry at the drop of a hat. Or I got to stop watching pornography or I got to stop drinking and using drugs and then going to church and pretending I'm all fine and dandy. So it's all an individual thing. And and I have to say, I've been pastoring for 20 years. I wish I had preached it more earlier, but it's just about the only thing I'm talking about now. It is so timely in every single nation, in Africa, in Australia, in United Kingdom and Canada. There's no place on the planet where it's not needed. And I love your program name, The Bride, because we are the bride <laughs> and he's the soon yeah. coming bride. We got to get ready, June. Yes. yes, we do. Well, let me tell you something, Jeff. Uh, first of all, I just want to really, really praise the Lord that you are that you have chosen the path of the Lord and the mission that God has given you in spite of your education, in spite of the worldly. I'm serious because, yeah. I, you know, my education, master's and doctor, and I get so uh, persecuted because I am 
you know, uh, doing ministry full time instead of out there making all, you know, six figures and whatnot. But yep. the same for you, sir. And I just want to tell you, if nobody else tells you, uh, thank you so much for doing this because I know that your story is where God has trained you uh, to understand the legality. Here's what I'm seeing in the spirit about your life. Okay, God trained you to have a love of law, to have a love of order, to have a love of, because I used to work for a lawyer, so I understand, you know, a little yeah. bit about it, about being an attorney. But, uh, yeah. but it's the point that you love, uh, you know, justice and you love law and you love things being in right order. Okay, now God has turned around and used that uh, to call for the nation to come to repentance by what? By God's law, his word. Right. There, there's right. no way that you can be a lover of his word and not see that our country is falling off a cliff. Because yeah. when you study, you know, I'm talking, I'm not speaking that prophetically, but I'm just saying the fact of what's happening. But the when you read the word of God and you understand the temple and you understand, you know, God's presence and his uh, reaction to sin and his feelings about sin and, and you understand God's heartbeat and like the way that he did Moses, you know, when he yeah. was showing out in front of all the children of Israel and he was up on the mountain shaking the mountain and, and telling them, I am that I am, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he has a relationship uh, with humans and sin is the very thing that separates. And then, sir, I know this show is about you, but we're just so connected, I've got to tell you. Uh, Uh, When we we consider uh, how God has judged, I did a whole show on judgment, and I did a lot of study of the reasons that God judged nations. And there are several key things that I learned. Number one, when you leave God out, which is your number two point of where we're in trouble, when you yep. leave God out and you push him out, you might as well get ready to be judged because God is jealous for her. The nation is like a uh, like when he was married to Israel, the nation has like a soul, and he's very right. jealous for her. You know what I mean? The land, he's jealous. And if we think we're better and not give him that, he will judge us for that. Then the second reason for judgment was taking him out was the first one. And then the second one was just like you said. It's that impure uh, sexuality and, uh, you know, which is the Sodom and Gomorrah deal. We all know that story. Then the third one is forgetting the poor. Yeah, you know, yeah. which is another one that you brought up, and it's it's basically injustice, and then the murder of the children, the sacrifice, and the mullock. Yeah. So I yeah. see that what you're doing is the same thing as an attorney. I feel like like God has you as a representative, as an ambassador between Him and the country. And uh, I pray, I'm telling you, I pray that God opens that door 
for you to have that opportunity to represent us with the president where we can actually have a true godly repentance. Please tell us what you're thinking, sir. Well, you know, this is so interesting. I don't know how many of your listeners were in alive during Watergate back in the early 70s, but I, I certainly was. I didn't know the Lord at that point, but there's a very interesting story that's relevant, and that is there was a senator from the state of Oregon, and Mark Hatfield was his name. He was a devout Christian, which you can do. It's not easy, but you can be a public servant and a devout Christian. He was one of them. And he said, Watergate, uh, as this was all coming out, he said, let us have the day of humiliation, fasting, and prayer. This is in December of 1973. And he said, let it take place in uh, April, April 30th, 1974, which would be um, in keeping with the April 30th date that Abraham Lincoln did in 1863. And he quoted this beautiful language that was in Abraham Lincoln's proclamation, which if you read it, it just speaks to us today in 2019. And so he, Senator Hatfield, got by voice vote unanimous consent of the Senate on December 23rd, 1973 for such a date. Yeah, but here's the sad thing. The House after the Christmas recess, came back, got busy on other matters, and never passed that resolution. The day never took place. But that's the last oh. time that we had. Isn't that frustrating? That's the last time that we had that close of a move. And honestly, if I had a minute with President Trump, God bless him and pray for him, I would do my best to explain how this would be such a blessing for the nation and it would bring yes. healing to the horrific division that's going on right now, and that can only be stopped by the good Lord himself. We are at a point where we're just getting more angry with each other, back and forth. Even even the enemy is, is working to divide us within the body of Christ. And so the answer is God's hand on this nation, as he's done 788 times earlier. This whole nation would never have been birthed without God's miracles. And virtually on, everyone, came, yes, everyone came after prayer. These guys hit the dirt, prayed, and said, Lord, we can't do it, but you can. And they yes, repented Lord. and prayed, and there you go. The Lord heard their prayer. For example, if there was a drought later that afternoon, the rain started coming down. If there was a uh, typhoid a- epidemic, within days, that typhoid epidemic was stopped. There's just dozens and hundreds of examples of how this works. So why are we not doing it? It's because we have been slow. We've been apathetic. We've been worldly. We've been thinking someone else will handle it. You know, there's a hundred reasons, but basically it's it's the 11th hour. We've got to do a day of repentance. And if we did one in this nation, I'm telling you, because I'm in contact weekly with pastors in Australia and in Africa and in Pakistan and in India, all over the map, they are looking to us for spiritual leadership because they yes. have the same problems in their nation. So the bride all over the planet needs to be awakened through repentance. 
Yes. Now, Jeff, I want to go back to you being an attorney again about something. Sure. <clears throat> what I what I mean is, okay, I know that God is not. I mean, I know that we're in the age of grace, but there's also law that we're breaking. You know, if yeah. we look at this from an attorney standpoint, there's laws that we're breaking. Like uh, there's certain things that, as a nation, we cannot do where we actually like cross the line. You know, yeah. and when we do those things, it will speed along like judgment, kind of like when it is before a court of law, okay, before yep. a judge. Yep. But when we repent, like a very, like you said, a true repentance where we're actually turning and we're, you know, having the humility and the fasting and the uh, all that. Now, yep. when we do that, Okay, can you explain to the audience how, uh, what a fasting, what it would mean to our relationship as a nation, what it would mean to God, and why is it that he's asking us of this? Can you explain this to us? Well, it's it's all found in his word, his beautiful word. It means that we refocus on him and we restore this beautiful covenant that he has with us. If you go back to the original um, temple with uh, David and Solomon in Second Chronicles chapter 7, he's talking to Solomon. And he's saying basically, he's answering an earlier prayer of Solomon that we find in chapter 6. And so he says that, uh, in effect, he's going to test his people. The God says to Solomon, he's speaking to him, and he says, I'm, basically, I'm going to test you. He says, if I shut up the heavens and there's no rain, or if I send pestilence, this is verse 13, Second Chronicles yeah. 7, 13. So as a way of testing our faith, he sends us these really horrific, you know, disastrous situations, the, the floods, the fires, the the horrific things going on in, in California, for example, we do have bubonic plague typhoid for the first time in in a hundred or more years. I mean, we have yes. close to 1,000 people homeless in Los Angeles alone. So, But the Lord says, if then you, my people, will humble them yourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then... I'll, I'll reestablish the covenant. I will come in. I'll forgive your sin. I'll I'll heal your land. That's that's the whole point of this. This is to abide in nation. That was our whole point in forming the United States of America. It was a divine appointment, Judeo-Christian roots. We would be founded on depending on God. We, in fact, at the signing of the Declaration, one of the signers said. We have no other king. In other words, it's not going to be King George III in England. We have no other king but King Jesus. They wanted yeah. to be found godly law. So all this is about coming back to God, coming back to our godly roots. And, and there's no shortage of wonderful godly roots in this nation. We just have been, for about 100 years or more, sailing along as if we're in charge. And that has got to 
really offend the Lord. The Lord is uh, not mocked. God is not mocked. It is a stench to him. And I'll give you a quick example. Here in the Democratic debates, often they're talking about um, uh, same-sex marriage. And God himself, Jesus, when he was here on earth, in two key places, in in Matthew chapter 19 and in Mark chapter 10, he personally, Jesus Christ our Lord, defines marriage as between one man and one woman. And he cites Genesis, talking about a lawyer. He was uh, the mighty counselor. He is uh, the lawyer of lawyers. And justice and truth foundation of his throne so for us to say oh yes same-sex marriage is fine it flies in the face of jesus's own words how long that's right period so that's just a classic example of our culture um you know legalizing or sanctifying these perversions the tragedy is that we're not telling a better truth and that is many people are coming out of that lifestyle, which is very unhealthy, and it is uh, a trick of the enemy that we that we we can't come out. You're not born gay. You don't have to decide as a young child which of 50 different um, genders you're supposed to be on Facebook. No, there's men, there's women, and these that have come out of the same-sex lifestyle, many of them are now um, having repented and blessed with the Holy Spirit are finding other spouses of the opposite sex and having children. So that's what we should be celebrating as a culture and as a nation. And our laws ought to support people. If they get involved at all in this issue, they should be supporting people coming out of the lifestyle, not prohibiting us to preach or or to give therapy or in any way, um, you know, to bolster same-sex marriage. We should be standing boldly for Jesus's own words. You know, they yes. should be on buildings all over the country. It's his word. Take it up with him. Each single person is going to have to kneel in front of Jesus and explain what you did in this very brief lifetime. And, uh, man, I, I'll tell you, I want to stand on his word, period. Exactly. Yep. So here we are. This is the time. This is it. I so appreciate you, Dr. June. This is great for you to, you get it. And just even calling this whole radio and, and uh, you know, your internet program and so forth by, by the bride, you have hit the nail on the head. He sees us as the bride and we got to get to going here to cleanse. We got to cleanse yeah. with spirit because he's coming back soon as the bridegroom. And he expects us to be ready. We got to be ready. Like those, you know, that the other parable of those virgins, some of them had oil in their lamps. Others didn't. Last minute they asked for, oh, I got to get some oil. And hey, it was way too late. This is the day. Today is the day to repent. And so that's why with a, a wonderful volunteer who basically helped me write the whole book, I just edited a lot of it. But that's why we wrote this book to give 40 days of repentance to help each individual reader um, really get into repentance using these wonderful Bible stories. And even an extra five or 10 minutes of your prayer time each day 
is enough. The Lord is so helpful in wanting to clean us up. He's, he, he knows the resistance to this, but he's all, I mean, the Holy spirit is there to help us and mentor us and bring us forward. And and one of my favorite scriptures in is in revelation three. So many people are afraid to open that last book of the Bible, but I'm telling your audience, open it up and read at least those first three chapters. And of course, read that last chapter that gives us the victory chapter 22. But in chapter three, it says in verse 19 to the lukewarm church, the risen Christ tells John, those that I love, I chasten and I rebuke, therefore be zealous to repent. I mean, he's encouraging us to be zealous. And he says, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone will open the door, I'll come in. Look at this, June, and I'll dine with them. In other words, he wants to hang out with you and me, have communion, talk about what we need to do to clean up. Because then in the next verse, he says, so that, this is so amazing, so that you will become an overcomer and sit with me on my throne as I overcame and sat on my Abba Father's throne. What an incredible promise. The Lord wants us to be overcomers. Yes, he did all the work with the blood on the cross, but we have to clean up to get ready for him. There's no point in just staying in a polluted water stream. We got to get into the clean word of God. Come on. Which, which, and so, yeah. Well, you get me yeah. preaching. I'll be gone all night. But uh, Well, uh, let me tell you something, Pastor. I, I passed, Let me tell you something. You are really firing me up over here because, you know, God, when you said that earlier, that God will not be mocked. And no. That is, that is such a profound statement because God is not playing around. And it's not that we're being legalistic. It's not no. that we're being all goofy. It's that we we are ambassadors. Like I try to tell the bride, okay, let's let's look at a son and daughter relationship. We are his representatives. We're ambassadors. Ivanka Trump, when she's out Trump. somewhere, she knows I am a Trump. I have to Trump. act a certain way. I have to look a certain way. I know what my father thinks. I know how he feels. So when I talk, it's him talking. And everybody knows it. I have I have been in meetings with her, and everybody knows she is her father. That is her father's daughter. Oh, you know what I mean? That's sweet. You're and right. that is how it is and should be with us. We yeah. have to know, oh, you just offended God so greatly. Oh, like when they passed the same-sex marriage. Oh, you yep. could feel across the country the church just gasped for air like that yep. was the, you know what I'm saying. I sure do. You you hit the nail on the head. That's really very correct. And, you know, the other yeah. piece about repentance is it's really a process. The final stage of repentance is other people get to see the change in your character and they go, wow. You used to be angry all the time or used to be depressed or used to have to have, you know, 
beers and wine and drugs or whatever, and you used to blah, 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 and, and wow, you've changed. What happened to you? And then you can say, well, that's my Lord Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. He's working on me, and I got rid of a lot of that stuff. That then right. is a wonderful witness to people to come into the kingdom. Right now, we, we have young people especially that think that the church is completely irrelevant. They're, you know, they're, they're calling on humanistic psychologies and philosophies like socialism, and they have no clue about the true power of the Holy Spirit and the transformed life in Christ. So we got a huge job to do, but it starts with the church of God. It starts with, it says in first Peter, judgment begins in the church of God. It's got to begin with the priest in the house of God. Yes. In the house of God. If we don't get our act together and we don't model it, if we don't witness it out in the street, when you go to the post office or in you're standing in line at Walmart and you, you know, if, that's it. We've got to we got to show people a change in behavior that's based on the mind of Christ and the ways of of the Lord, and, that's and that right. is Amen. become ambassador. Then we are an ambassador, just like Ivanka Trump yeah. is for her her dad. So it's it's all there. It's just got to do a little bit of homework, and it's God's sense of humor that He would use me because I had so much to be repenting of and i i just see it as such a key uh element in any person's growth in christ i in fact here's one last little piece the very first time jesus came out of the wilderness having tested for 40 days and of course he won that test against the enemy using the word of god first as a preacher you know he says repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I mean, he could have said, God bless you. He could have said, forgive your neighbor. He could have said, love your neighbor. The first word is R-E-P-E-N-T. And we do not teach that enough. We don't uh, make an example of it in our lives. And I'm just talking to other leaders in the church today. We got to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, please forgive us dear lord and um, let's start all over the lord will immediately forgive us he's a wonderful loving forgiving god if we just confess our sin and then he he gets us going i'm gonna take a quick little commercial break and when we come back i would like for you while we're on this break sir to think about what would you say to the nation like uh what would you say to her whether it would be a correction rebuke or Whatever, I would like for you to give us a good word from the Lord, and we will be back in just a moment. Hello, Brad. Are you a writer? Or do you have a story to tell and maybe you need a little help with your writing? Well, go to Treehouse Publishers today. We can help you achieve your dream dreams come true in our house do you have a book just waiting in your spirit to come out and share with the world well treehouse publishers will help you to achieve your dream write that book today sell your book in london in africa and many other countries let your tree bear much fruit with treehouse today go to www.gotreehouse.org 
Okay, Rob, we're back. This is your host tonight, Dr. June Knight, coming to you from Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. And listen here, Brad, I want to tell you something. Pastor Daly's book is actually available as an e-book on his website, dayofrepentance1.org, the number one, forward slash shop. You will see several books in there. He has Rivers and Streams in the Desert, the 4040s of Scripture. And then he has Call on God, Protection, Mr. President, and Making America Godly Again. Now, listen, sir, you know that I did a whole mission around this country. Last, well, in 2017, when the president first got in office, called Make America Godly Again. I'm telling you, sir, we are connected. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that, Dr. June. That is great. <laughs> you see, God's got a great sense of humor. He's putting his team together. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's just off the charts by definition, right? He's wonderful. Yes, well, I'm he so is. Well, you have got the floor, sir. I would love for you to edify America. Go ahead. Well, I'm just praying this is from the Holy Spirit. If it isn't, please, uh, you know, test it. I'm just going to say what he gave me a couple words to begin. I'm going to go for it. And the Lord is just saying to me this very moment to this nation that he loves, seek my face, says the Lord. Seek my face. Seek my face above all else, says the Lord. For truly I love you and I love this nation. And I grounded it in my own mercies and with my holy word, which is eternal and will last even after this earth. And so today, seek my faith, says the Lord. Seek me, the author and the finisher of your faith, the one who's called you, even in your mother's womb, for a time such as this, a time by which you can be a witness in your family, in your community, in your entire nation and then to other nations of my justice, of my truth, of my word, of my love for this nation. And so I encourage you today, says the Lord, I lift up your hands as I had Moses had his arms lifted in that spiritual battle by her and by Aaron. And when they were lifted, did he not succeed, says the Lord, did he not succeed in that battle? So again, today you are in the spiritual battle, says the Lord. It is a battle that is really of my own making and on which I have complete authority, says the Lord. It's a battle for the soul of this nation, and it is calling you forth. I call you forth, says the Lord. I call you into your destiny, into the calling that I have for you individually to follow me and to advance the kingdom that I've set up in your nation and all over the planet. And I, I just pray this in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Now, listen, I would like for you also uh, to talk to us about like, if we was really to do a national day of repentance with the president himself, what would that look like? Like, how would we know if it was, the real one, or if it would be a fake one just to appease the Christians. How do we know the fake from the real? Will you tell us a minute? Yeah. 
basically it's all about authority. It's all about spiritual authority. And, and in one sense, a, a priest or a pastor can call for a day of repentance in, in his or her own church. And there can be in just a small little congregation, you could have a sacred assembly and you could spend time um, confessing sins, personal and national. And, and that's going to count. The Lord will hear. He hears our prayers. In fact, it says in Psalm 66, 18, if, if, I, if we have iniquity in our heart, he will not hear our prayers. So it's perfect to get, confess sins. Even if you have to do it privately, you confess them privately, clean up and confess, then the Lord will hear. He will hear your prayers. But it's answer your question, June, it's all the more powerful when either Congress or the president or both of them on behalf of the nation, because God placed them there. God is in charge of our government. The Lord God Almighty picks the people that he picks, and he, he, he can remove them and he can put them in place. And the ones that are there are his, basically, and so they have authority to call even if they don't participate, they call and pick a date. Uh, for example, April 30th was picked, not just by President Lincoln and uh, years later by Senator Hatfield in Oregon, but it's also the day that uh, George Washington was inaugurated our first president. And, and he, he added to the oath of office, so help me God. So, God loves wow. that day. Yeah. He was a godly man. So it's it's all up to anyone in, in authority. They could pick any day they want. But there are some wonderful days. You could pick a July 4th for Independence Day. You could pick April 30th. You could pick uh, Yom Kippur each year, where in Leviticus 23, God established the first day of atonement 3,400 years ago. So... You know, it doesn't much matter what day. It would be enough just that there would be a proclamation. And we yeah. could just use model Abraham Lincoln's um, one or more of his proclamations. And it's it's just then going to be up to each individual person. You would set aside time that day, whether it's 15 minutes or 15 hours. God is not a, a, a legalist. He's He's looking at your heart. In fact, it says in, yeah. in one of those wonderful old books that he's looking for us to to um, really take take our rend our hearts, not our garments. I think he says in Joel chapter two, he wants us to really break off the heavy humanistic ego trip. I, I know everything and can do it myself. He wants to to have each of us humble ourselves in our own prayer time on that very day. And you could meet in a church or you meet in your own home. You can meet with others or be by yourself. It doesn't much matter, but the Lord will, he's, he's in charge of everything. He sees everything. He's omnipotent, omniscient. He will see if there's true repentance. And here's the other good news. He's only looking for a small group. I think it would be great if we had millions, but look at Gideon. He only needed 300 guys. Look at Daniel. As far as we know, he might have been the one man there in Babylon that 
prayed enough for for the Lord to to have that uh, pagan ruler open up the gate, so to speak, to restore um, Jerusalem. So it, it's not about numbers; it's about quality. And you and I can just, in advance of that day, let's say the day is picked. Um, I'm just going to pick a day here, December 23rd. That was the day the Senate in 1973 unanimously called for such a day let's do it again and and on that very day two days before what we call christmas we we could you know we just have people praying and repenting yeah and the see the lord across denominations you could bring in the whole body of christ the whole bride because he looks at us as one bride and so yeah he does we, we just do it. It's just we do it. And then the Lord will heal. He would begin to move in this area. For example, the division over repentance, the division, um, you know, over sanctuary cities and, and immigration, the division over the definition of uh, LBGTQ and, and should we educate yeah. our children this stuff. There's no issue that the Lord could not then heal and and bless this nation as he's done hundreds of times earlier. Yeah, that's what I see is the uh, big, big, big advantage of doing a national repentance is uh, if we do it right in God's eyes, he will do such miracles for our nation. It will not even be funny. Like, it would yeah. be a sign and a wonder beyond measure. Like, it would just be amazing. But I want to ask you if you have heard of what, I'm sure you have, what Tennessee Governor Bill Lee did. Yes, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah, what, what, to you that what are listening. I, yeah, let, let's have that be a beginning. Another 49 states to go. That would be fabulous. That would be fabulous. Yeah. Set by today, and um, you know there was no cost involved. There wasn't a bunch of logistics. Although I'm, I'm sure the churches there in Nashville connected and so forth. But you know it's it's almost amazingly simple. It just calls for the bravery of a person in charge to to call for such a day and and you know be yeah. a prepared backlash. But God. God loves it when we call on him and humble ourselves and he immediately responds. I'll give you a very quick example. I think the year was 1847. There was a typhoid epidemic in or around St. Louis, Missouri. They were literally hundreds of people dying in that city week after week. Thousands ended up and the then president, I think it was President Taylor, Called, heard about this, called for a national day of humiliation, fasting, and prayer. And within a week, the typhoid epidemic was broken and the deaths stopped. And clearly, wow. God had his hand. Yeah. So there's no shortage of examples like, you know, it, it, whether it's a pestilence, whether it's a drought. Whatever the situation, economic collapse, whatever it is, God can correct it if we do our part. And, and he's just looking to us who are his 
people already sold out to him, called by his name, hey, we can do this. It's so doable. That's what I love. You know, being a lawyer, I mean, I look at precedent. And if someone had done this 788 times and it worked each time, I'm saying that's a precedent. Let's do it. Well, I want to read to you that maybe in another country, because half of our listeners, by the way, are in other countries. Uh, That's good. Listen to what listen to what one of our state governors did. This is in the state of Tennessee. It said that he was vocal about his religious faith, and he proclaimed October 10th. I'm reading an article in ChurchLeaders.com as an official day of prayer and fasting for their state. In a video posted online, the Republican leader invites residents to join him and his wife, Maria, to devote that Thursday to prayers of healing, forgiveness, thanksgiving, and hope. Prayer, he says, strengthens our families, and it strengthens our communities. It strengthens our relationships with our neighbors, and it strengthens our relationship with God himself. Lee credits the idea of the countless Tennesseans he's met who say they're praying for him. In his video, the governor expresses appreciation for all these intercessions. We know, this is him talking, we know that God hears them, and we know that prayer accomplishes much. So if we could get our president to do that, oh, what God would do for this nation. Exactly, exactly, yep. Now tell us how we can find out more about uh, your books, where they can buy your books, and where they can check out your website. Well, that's very kind. You can go on Amazon and, um, you know, just look it up there by title, or I'm I'm pretty sure by my name, um, Pastor Jeffrey Daly, D-A-L-Y, or just go to the website, um, which is dayofrepentance1.org. Um, we also have another site that's connected to it, which is called repentday.com. And um, communicate with me also. I'd be glad to pray with you. You can reach me at Pastor Jeff, J E F F, at repentday.com, R E P E N T D A Y.com. I would love to. I, I'm already very close to pastors in the African nation of Malawi, Malawi, where they had uh, a whole week of repentance, by the way, and also in Australia. Wow. And this last year for the third time, very close and to pastors down there. So this is a worldwide movement. It's time. And um, any person listening to this, can set this in motion, starting with your own spiritual discipline of, of starting repentance. And I, you know, go on that website. There's a lot of free resources, but there's also this book or even earlier books that I've written that are all using a lot of scriptures. This is all based on scripture to bless the reader, to lead them closer to uh, the purification that we're called to as his bride. He calls us as yes, his bride. Now, yep. Yes, bride, you can also find uh, resources for you on there that talks about 
the ABCs of repentance. It talks about what is repentance, their statement of faith, and how you can start a day of repentance in your own community. So, Brad, I yeah. encourage you to check that out and to sign up for his newsletter uh, so that if there's an event near you that you can sign up and if another book is released or whatnot. Now, listen, Pastor, we ask that the people across the world participate in this broadcast, no matter when they're listening to this or watching this, to pray for you, your vision, and your ministry. So would you please give us the honor to pray for you, sir? Well, I'd be I'd be honored. Thank you so much, Doctor Jim. Okay, I'd love Brad. that. Yes, sir. Okay, here we go, Brad. Y'all bow your heads, and we're going to come together in agreement across the world. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity. First of all, we just want to say thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to have radio where we can be on the internet and be all the way across the world and have people in other countries. Uh, that hear the heart of America, that our standing, Lord, before you is the most important position that we have as a body of Christ in the United States of America. Lord, we know you love this country, and we know, Lord, that you want us to turn around and send out more missionaries than we ever have in history. We know that you want to forgive us and help us, Lord. So we thank you for servants like Pastor Jeff Daly, Lord. First of all, we thank you that he made the choice to say yes, that he left behind the other place in his life of being an attorney, which has so many natural rewards. Uh, money, respect, and all the other things that come along with being an attorney. And he chose to follow down the road that you chose for him, which is to call for a national day of repentance. Lord, we honor that decision, and we thank you that you gave him the strength to cross over. And, Lord, as the bride, we celebrate that today, and we ask you, Lord, to open up the gates at the White House. Lord, open it up. As I'm a White House correspondent, I am attached to the White House. Lord, I am calling it in right now, this National Day of Repentance in Jesus' my name. Lord, open it up where he can speak to the president, where we can do this on behalf of our nation, Lord, so that we can cry out to you to have your graces upon our country, Lord. Lord, bless his family. Bless his uh, family, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for his grandmother when he was little and took him to the choir practice and how the seeds were planted uh, when he was little. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for delivering him out of new age and out of humanism and out of false doctrine. And you brought him into true Uh, doctrine and into the true legal aspect of who we are as a kingdom before your eyes, Lord. Thank you for that so much. And, Lord, we ask that everything that he needs to accomplish this vision of the National Day of Prayer and the actual global one, now that the globe is coming to him and asking him how can we do this in our country, 
that he would have all he needs to accomplish that. And, Lord, we thank you for giving him people that are techie, that can help him with his website and help him with promotional materials and help him with all that kind of stuff, videos, advertising. Give him intercessors, Lord. Give him everything he needs to fulfill this vision in Jesus' mighty name. Strengthen his body, Lord. Heal his body. Uh, Continue to give him fresh revelation from heaven keeping that channel open to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Amen. Sir, I just want to say today that we really honor you, and I'll be excited to see what God's going to do uh, for our country on that. Amen. Amen. I'm so appreciative, Dr. June. This has been a wonderful time. I'm so excited. I think it's really a fine appointment to connect with you, including your own campaign that was called Making America Godly Again. And uh, God willing, I'll be back in Washington, D.C. in the next within the next two weeks. Maybe we can communicate and, and connect in God's good timing. Thank you for today. Oh, my goodness, would I love that. Yes. Yeah. I would yeah. love to just meet you in person. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's God's sense of humor and his love for us <laughs> putting the team together. Yep. All over the yes, planet. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, listen, Brad, since we are talking about our nation today, I cannot end this broadcast without playing the national anthem. Now, this national anthem is done by our military. Here you go. Sir, you have a good evening. <laughs> Yeah.